This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Business in Heels podcast, the podcast that inspires and educates women in business globally to succeed. Now over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of Business in Heels podcast. In this episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with some of our book authors in our latest book, Renewal, Lived and Learned Advice to Give. Without any further ado, Welcome to our authors. We cannot wait to hear a little more about your story and advice that you shared in your chapter. Now, our first author today is Claire Riley. She was diagnosed with MS in April 2017, and she's now an advocate for those living with MS and other chronic illnesses. She posts funny and sometimes confronting and thought-provoking posts and reels on Instagram, and she's the host of the podcast MS Understood, which are conversations about MS with people from all over the world. She loves the community support that she gives and receives. Now, a quote from her chapter is, so with each painful step around the beautiful secluded off-grid property and my shameful secret bubbling under the surface, my ability, mobility and mental health declined. Let's pick up where Claire shares more about her personal journey and her story. It's not the story that I wanted. It's not the story that I um, that I desired to be living in my future. And so I set out to um, kind of pave my own way into what I knew and what I expected um, and through that started a podcast where I started sharing um, stories from people from all over the world. Um, and this book gave me the opportunity to share the advice that I had been given later but wish I'd been given earlier um, um, to be able to really make my own decisions and have my own autonomy over this disease that really takes over your life. And so when you think about people who are going to be reading your chapter, what would be one standout insight or a piece of advice that you would really love them to walk away with after reading your chapter? Well, I suppose my piece of advice that I give, and I don't know whether this is giving away my whole story, but it really is about um, choosing your medical team and not feeling as though you're... Um, kind of just part a cog in a system. Um, it's really about having um, ownership over 
your the people who are looking after you and being the boss of that team and hiring and firing as you see fit. Yes. You know, one of the things that I love about um, the transparency of you sharing your journey, I mean, someone may read your chapter, not may not necessarily be, um, you know, having been diagnosed with MS, uh, but maybe some other issue. I'd, I'd imagine that no matter where they're at in their life's journey, if something has affected them, they're currently facing something that they never in a million years would have thought that would be something that uh, was them and and something that they would need to face. I'm sure that there's so many golden nuggets that uh, you would share with them. H- how is that now, knowing what you know and with the, you know, with the strength that you now have, uh, how do you now, uh, you know, your onlook in future? Because often the insights and the hindsight that we learn can really better position us for moving forward too. Has that been true for you? Yeah, look, I really think it's, Although it is quite specific, my story, it really should and can resonate with people who are going through any kind of challenging time. It's about having control um, and, and like I said earlier, being the boss. You are, regardless of what diagnosis you're given, what disability, what, what comes at you from any direction, you have the choice to choose control over that a- a- aspect of your life. Um, and I think it's really important because so often we, and, and particularly with um, a disability, with um, MS, you feel as though that autonomy has really been taken away from you. And everyone's, it's kind of this steamrolling, everyone's making decisions for you, um, but it's your life and you have that choice to really take control of um the t- decisions that are being made, the research that um, you can choose to to look up and find out, um, and that should really apply to any aspect of your life. Yeah. One of the things that I love that you said is, is yes, choose control and be very mindful of the people that you have around you. I know often, uh, and I'm sure all of the authors can agree to this, in situations where we often feel a lack of control, there's something that we need to really stand firm, specifically around how do we find the right people around us, and that we can question things. So I wonder, what are some insights you could share today around what did you do, you know, to question and to ensure that you did have the right team to support you in this? What what was that journey? Yeah, look, I think it's a lot of fumbling to begin with. Um, I really took a lot out of the um, podcast interviews I was hosting and the, um, the guests that I was speaking to and hearing um, essentially my peers' stories because we can't, as we, you know, we say over and over and over again, you can't make all the mistakes on your own you really do need to learn from other people's mistakes and experiences so that was a big part for me is was learning from my peers people who are going through the same thing I I had been um and really following your gut so if you see a a neurologist a doctor a physio a you know a, a huge number of medical professionals I now see regularly and it just doesn't feel right. You don't owe that person anything. It's your life and it's your body. And if it doesn't fit, find someone else. Um, You know, I don't find it easy to fire my medical professionals. I don't find it easy to um, 
step away from someone who I feel like I owe something to, but, but that's what I owe myself Mm -hmm. is to make those good choices. And if, yeah, if something doesn't feel right in my gut, it's really about, um, thanks politely stepping away and finding someone else to fill that role. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And I'd imagine too, um, that's also very important for your medical team, as you said, your support team there, but also your personal support team. How has that um, been so important for you as as you walk this journey? Yeah, I think um, personal support is incredibly um, important. And I'm very lucky to have an incredibly supportive family and beautiful friends around me. Um, And as my mobility has declined, and I'm now using a wheelchair, um, you know, to get around, not at home, but to get around in um, public kind of situations. The fact that my family are so supportive and and are happy to load and unload my chair. and, And it's not something that um we should maybe assume is easy for our family because I think that it's quite difficult to accept that all of a sudden a member of your family or loved one is using a chair um but of course they're going to be supportive um so I think that um I haven't had to kind of hire or fire I suppose any of my um loved ones or personal relationships it's really for me been much more about that professional um, setting and the professional medical team, I suppose, for me. Yeah. yeah. But, but I have heard a lot of stories um, through my podcast where people have lost friends since diagnosis and I, I know it's the same. It's all about that emotional connection. And if someone's not able to support you through that, then it's really worth a good thought about how that person's going to fit into your life. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, how wonderful that not only have you contributed a chapter to this book with your story, uh, but also that you've now been able to empower and impact others who may be experiencing the same thing through your podcast. Isn't it interesting that when you choose control, just how not only can you benefit yourself from what you've said, you've been, it's been so helpful for you to interview others and hear their journeys and stories, but you're also paying it forward to others as well through, through yeah, your story. So, Claire, can you just share with us, how can people find out more about your podcast? Yep. So um, you can search on any podcast platform that you use, um, MS Understood, um, and there's I think nearly 100 episodes of interviews from people all over the world who um, are specialists in MS, so people who either live with MS or can help those people, those of us who are living with the disease. Um, And you can find me predominantly on Instagram at Claire.Riley. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing your story. Karen, let's uh, turn to you first. Let me share a little bit about your bio and then uh, I'll share the quote that we have here. Now, you are an early adopter of LinkedIn. You began your LinkedIn profile writing business back in 2009. My goodness. And now fast forward, you are ranked top eight independent LinkedIn trainers in the Asia Pacific and awarded the 2022 top voice by LinkedIn for producing some of the most helpful, Uh, and popular content there. That's wonderful. So you have contributed a chapter to this book as well. Look forward to hearing you share just a little bit of insight into what you're sharing. But here's the quote that you've shared. The fatigue, the boredom and anxiety that so often accompanies the presence of a newborn was debilitating me inside and out. I needed a circuit breaker. I needed a mental distraction. Karen, share with us what inspired you to uh, write a chapter in this book. 
I've been reflecting a lot on my own mortality um, in the last few years. My dad died in 2019. It was quite unexpected. And uh, something I've not shared publicly ever before is I have breast cancer. I'm only stage two. I'm at the very tail end of my journey. But it's really hard not to be moved by Claire's story. And as I've been going through, um, through my own journey, I've been thinking, you know, what are the pieces of advice that have really contributed to where I'm at today in my business but also contributed to me personally and um, and there was just a piece of advice that I was given by a client really early in my business journey and it just completely changed everything for me and it not just changed everything for me in terms of how I show up in my business but it's really changed me internally and how I how I navigate things um you know, as, as we think about, um, uh, you know, Christmas and time with in-laws, I think it's even helped my relationship with my mother-in-law, <laughs> to be honest. You know, so I, I just felt it was something that I, I needed to get out there into the world. It's something I, I think that people don't think about enough. Yeah. As we heard uh, through Claire share and, of course, what you've just shared with your story, and I'm sure all of the authors who have contributed a chapter in this book, it's amazing, isn't it, how when you start to share your story, others resonate with it. And there is such, um, I was going to say the word power, I don't know if that, that is the right thing, but it really does give a sense of hope that, hey, if this person has been able to navigate through that and she was provided um, advice I can take that on board as well. What are you hoping when someone reads your chapter, Karen, that they will take away from that chapter? Um, I don't want to give too much away because I think that people really want need to read the stories. Um, but the impact that I hope it will have is that people will become more curious and the advice that I give has been that journey, you know, and I think if we lean forward with curiosity in everything, I think we just come from a very different stance um, when we're communicating with people. So it's not about listening to reply, it's listening to understand. It's about being fully present um, wherever you are in whatever journey you're facing. When you speak about curiosity, do you think, or is in your experience, do, how you think we're faring with regards to curiosity, you know, on the spectrum of, say, zero to 10, is there a lot of room for improvement in, in your view? Yeah, that's such a great question. I think there's an increasing um, room for curiosity. I think the curiosity is on the decline. Um, that might sound quite strong, but the reason why I think it's declining is because, you know, I, I have teenage children and um, we had a conversation recently where my eldest was sort of saying, oh, you know, one of her friends disagreed with her and had disagreed with a couple of other people in, in their friend group. And so maybe they were a bully. And I'm like, sorry, what? Do you think the disagreement is bullying? Like, you know, I, and I just, it was just such a, a strange conversation. And when I um, see, um, you know, I've got relatives in the UK, when I see some of the politics happening over there, you know, if people are disagreeing, people take real offence to it. There's a lot of, you know, bullying in the workplace because people don't all agree with the same things. And I think if we lean forward with curiosity, we can be more comfortable with disagreement. 
we can be more intellectually curious about what, well, you think something different from me. Wow, that's interesting. How did you come to that? You know, what what makes you think that? Tell me about that experience. Um, you use the word power, Anne-Marie, um, and I think there is in power in collective understanding um, and power and collective support and especially with women I, I think when women back other women you know I, I really reckon yeah, yeah. magic happens it just yeah, sounds a bit woo-woo you know and I, I think that has to come from curiosity and the advice that I give started me down that path yeah, I love the way that you've said that. It's so true. And I remember learning years ago, I can't remember who it was that said it. Um, I'm sure it was in one other, one or the other personal development uh, training that I'd been to, but it's like that's their, that's someone else's model of the world, which is very much based on their beliefs and their core values. Who are we to challenge that? And keeping the mind of let's be curious, we can get such a deeper understanding and get to a point where we say, well, I appreciate that. I may not agree with that myself, but there's still an appreciation that we can get to, if we can get to, by holding on to that, that let's be curious about this person and find out more about them. Is that what you're encouraging, isn't it? Because there's just so much diversity in this world. Why do we want to all be the same, think the same and, and do the same, isn't it? Let's be curious. Yeah, and let's also not be too fixed in our opinions. Um, as somebody who plays pretty big on LinkedIn, I know that there's power in polarising. Um, it's something I talk a lot in my, my presentations and my webinars around, you know, and, and say to my clients, you know, put out content that does polarise, that, you know, have have an opinion, put a flag in the ground. Um, because when you state an opinion, you you stand out from the masses, you know, you are you are different. But you also need to be willing to change that opinion as new information comes to light. And this idea that I will be fixed in my opinion forever and ever, I think it's just so damaging. It's so damaging on so many levels. I joked about my mother-in-law earlier, but I think that's such a great example of, um, you know, she may not like me, I quite like her, but I can I can appreciate her and I can like her because when I say, oh, you know, it's really interesting, why do you think that? Why are you telling me? to do something very different from what I currently do with my parenting, thanks for your opinion, but uh, what, why do you think that? You know, I'm like, oh, right, I can see her viewpoint. That's really interesting. So um, I think we close ourselves off from other people and we close ourselves off from knowledge when we don't start down that path. Yeah, so true, so true, particularly now when, as we said in the intro, uh, for your chapter, you started on LinkedIn back in 2009 and now when we think of all of the social media platforms that we have at our fingertips, the sharing of information is just continues to increase, doesn't it? And there is a lot of information we can access and share and a comment that can be shared in a moment of haste can be something that just really, um, you know, impacts negatively. And I'm, I'm sure that we can all be mindful about, you know, be mindful what we do say, what we what we say about others and so forth, because uh, 
it's out there in the world. And so what would be one one thing that you would share about being curious that you would like to leave as we finish um, hearing about your chapter? What's that one thing about being curious? If someone hasn't ever thought about, hmm, maybe I should be a little bit more curious in my approach. Oh, what's the one thing? What do you mean? What do you mean in terms of how do we start down that path of being curious? Or do you yeah, mean- if someone said, "I've never really thought of it that way," Karen. If someone said, "If someone is on online and I am chatting," mm-hmm. before we suddenly go get all keyboard warrior, what was one thing that I, I can encourage myself to do about being curious that could change what I type? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, thanks for asking for um for explaining that. Um, I think ask questions. So um, I think when I see content on LinkedIn, it's often polarising and it's often an echo chamber of what other people have said and people often treat social media like it's a billboard and I think we need to reframe that. I I think we need to think about social media as conversation, a place of, of community and gathering and learning. And so just have a question in a post. This is what I think. This is why I think that. Da, 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 da. Be opinionated. Be feisty. End with a question. What do you think? And leaving with a question will encourage comments, which boosts your visibility, but and, and gets attraction, the post more traction. But it also starts that conversation going and be willing to change your mind as new information comes to light and as people leave comments, you go, wow, I hadn't really thought about that. You know, show that intellectual rigour. Just ask questions. Yeah, I love that. Be curious, ask questions. You never know where that may lead. Thank you so much, Karen, for sharing a little bit more about uh, what to expect from your chapter. Sarah, let's uh, invite you up to the stage. And I have just pressed Mm -hmm. something exit the Briggs screen. There we go. Sorry about that. Um, Your chapter, let's talk a little bit about your bio. You are a speaker. You are an MC, a panel facilitator, boardroom facilitator, and leadership expert. You have a vision to change the way organizations think and behave. And you work with leaders in a multitude of industries to empower them, their teams, their culture, and create a world of thoughtful leaders. Love that. Now, here's your quote. I had brain fog and it felt like I was coasting way down, overwhelmed, and this was causing lackluster productivity. Sarah, what inspired you to share your chapter in this book? Uh, I think, you know, over the last few years, we've had some really eye-opening experiences and um, people have been trying to pull themselves back to what they felt was the new norm or the old norm and trying to get back to where they were. And I felt that, you know, getting this chapter out was very vulnerable and sharing things uh, um, personally but also to help people understand that you know it's all part of the journey and we talk about leadership and we definitely need leadership from what's been happening in the world today and and I think businesses and organizations are really recognizing that if you don't have leadership you probably haven't survived over the last few years and so everyone's focused on leadership but I think from the individual perspective not just the organization perspective you know all the things that have happened has helped you to get to where you are and how do you interpret that to now be a leader in your organization or even just for your family I've heard a lot of conversations around, you know, leadership and what's the definition of leadership. And because of what's happened over the last two to three years, a lot of organisations and businesses and consultants such as yourself, it's redefined leadership. What would you say leadership is, Sarah? 
Look, I think it's about uh, recognising yourself and how you are, are being portrayed, how you want to role model, what is it that you want to achieve first, and then helping others to do the same. So it's not about, oh, it's my path, we've got to go down this path. I think it's about you going, how do you want to go down the path? How can I support you to do that? Uh, you know, when I do teach leadership, it's not all, it is, you know, very much about a humble experience, but there is still a line where you do need to have that understanding of how to motivate people. Mm, and influence. I think that's so important. You know, a lot of um, people who listen to the podcast are no doubt a part of Business in Heels. Uh, whilst they're very much involved in business and, and so forth, maybe their own business or involved mm. in uh, corporate, when we look at through, through the leadership lens, we often don't realise that leadership, we can be leaders and influence, can't we, across the spectrum, whether it be in our families, um, whether it be in the groups that we associate with. What would you share to someone who is listening today, Sarah, and saying, oh, look, I'm not really a leader. I don't really know how I can influence or, or lead others. What would you say? I believe it really is a learnt skill. Uh, I remember once having someone saying to me, well, how can you be a leader if you haven't gone through some sort of traumatic and come around the other side? And Yes, people that have come out this side, often people that are speakers have done something like that, something huge, and it's, it's recognised, you know, globally as something that's happened and they get to be a leader. But it's not just about that. It's about learning and being open to learning all the time. And I, that's what a leader is. There's someone that's willing to open up, take on curious questions, ask questions and learn more. You know, I'm not, I call, I, I'm class as an expert, but there's still so much more I can learn. I actually just read an article last night uh, about families and being leaderships in families. And I still had took things away that I thought, oh, I, I'm probably not doing that that well. You know, how can I work more on that to become better at that with my family? So yeah. it's just a really long journey. There's no end destination. You can't say, okay, it's pivotal now. I've reached the end. I'm the leader. It, it's, it's what's next. How can, who else can I help? And that's why I say a world of thoughtful leaders because I really feel if we work with you now on becoming a leader in the situation you're in, the people around you will become leaders, but then there'll be the next situation that your leadership will then still grow, but so will theirs. And if we had a world of leaders, all the challenges that we come up with now, the thought processes, the the um what uh, I think Karen was saying, how people are uh, curious enough uh, or they just got their one opinion and, and they think that's correct without being curious, you know, that that's not leadership. So I think with leadership, it can mend a lot of bullying, hurt and challenges that we have. Yeah, so true. You know, one of the things that you were saying there, and I think would love to pick up on this, is that as leaders, we never stop learning. I think that's brilliant because that's right, every experience, um, situations and so forth, there's always things that we can learn, adapt and, and grow from. Something else that I would often hear in the leadership space, and I'd love you to speak into this because you may have heard this from other leaders, is this, I don't feel that I know enough but a great leader surrounds themselves with other people who may know a lot more than them, but be able to facilitate that. To, to share a little bit of insight, your insight and expertise, Sarah, to someone who feels that they can't really contribute anything or much because they don't know everything. But as leaders, we don't really know, need to know everything, do we? 
No, that's right. And, you know, the lessons that I teach is the underlying is emotional intelligence. And so it's about you tapping into what people are good at and bringing them up. And the more you understand yourself first and then the team that you're working with, it helps with your communication, your influence, you're motivating them, and you can bring them up to, you know, where they want to go and what they want to do uh, to the point, you know, that you, um, oh, sorry, the, <laughs> what did you say? I'm not really just thinking that they need to know everything. Yeah, I guess with that emotional intelligence, it's not about you being the one with the most knowledge in the room. One of the aspects of uh, growing someone is you do have a coaching element and, you, and you're asking questions and you help them to finding their own power. So you don't know what the answer is for them with, before you get into that situation. So it is about drawing that out through asking questions, you know, directing them to, the, to obviously align with whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. But it might turn out that they may not align to what you're trying to achieve. And that's a great story as well. And there's still a journey there. You know, as I hear you share your stories and, and also, you know, the others who have uh, spoken before, and you think about what's gone on, you know, around the world over the last uh, number of years, and then looking at businesses uh, in the future, there are so many different people who are po possibly working within an organisation or organisations that are working for each and every one of your companies who may have had things that have gone on that are impacting um, themselves at work. Now, something that I love that Karen shared, and I know that you've just mentioned about being curious as well, how can a leader use curiosity when it comes to team to be able to support staff that may be struggling emotionally and or what's going on? Because many people have been put through so many, you know, uh, you know, situations that they never would have in a million years thought they would have to go through. How can we use curiosity in that instance? Yeah, that's right. So when you're going through a leadership journey and trying to understand, we often start with ourselves and then our team. And then we start asking them questions and how, um, actually before you can ask them questions, you actually need to build that trust and rapport. So a lot of the time when I go into a business and I'm working with a leader that, you know, they might find that they're having time management issues or communication issues or motivation challenges. We often start with well, what is it that is affecting them and how is their whole life because we don't just leave our life at home so if you want to you know understand what someone's life is like at home you actually need to build that trust and rapport first and so that they feel open and and able to tell you what's going on the amount of times it's not just one incident it's not just one thing that's affecting someone's skills it's often a range of things but there's always an element of something that's going on in their life that's got really nothing to do with what they're doing in their business and what they're bringing to the business but it does affect it still so it's about you being able to understand that and accept that and then help them to move to the direction that they need to move yeah, so, so important. I know that, um, you know, there are some wonderful questions and just things that as leaders that we can say to our team or anybody really that, that we are talking uh, to. Do you have a favourite that you will often share to leaders to say, look, you want to create a space where there is rapport that is being built? Um, here are some things. Do you have a favourite go-to for a question or a statement that enables the conversations to, to really go forward in the in the right direction? 
it really does start with what do they want? What do they want to achieve? What are their goals? And when you can find that out, then you can motivate them. You know, obviously there's other tools and tactics we can use to help motivate them, but that's the start. And then you know what they want to achieve and you can help them do that. And sometimes it doesn't mean that you're helping them achieve the pinnacle in your business. It might be you're helping them to achieve elsewhere. But if you help them to do that, it's going to help you with your path and your vision through to a certain point. And then you have another leader out there in the world that, you know, has good feedback and good feelings about you. And it comes back to you, whether it's, you know, another brilliant talent walking through your door because someone else had met this person or it's, um, you know, you get that award or recognition of a choice employer and and people are looking for those today. And, and right now people have choices about where they want to work and how, how they want to work and so if you're not on board then you know you're not going to get the talent that you want and need for your growth yeah such great uh, great questions I know sometimes as leaders um, we may want to um, use the word run run the agenda so to speak but as you say when you focus it and ask beautifully open-ended questions that then after you've built rapport allow someone to talk about the vision and and their goals that they have uh, for their life and, and obviously within the organization it really can continue to to lead to um, ways that as leaders we can support our team and and other things as well. So thank you so much for sharing, uh, Sarah. That was brilliant. I think as leaders in business, um, we need to be so mindful of all of the things that you've said because our team is not just, um, you know, them here at work, but they bring, you know, so much more of their life uh, to the to the table, so to speak, and we need to be mindful of that as leaders. So thank you very much for sharing. No problem. Thanks, Emery. Emma, let's bring you up on the stage here and ask uh, a little bit more about what's your chapter going to be about. But before we do, a little bit about you and then your quote. So you are a customer relations manager. You listen and ask and listen and ask questions. So you really are curious. You lead from curiosity, which is absolutely wonderful in your role as customer relations manager. So here is your quote. In desperation, one day I walked out the front door of my home with nothing but my son. Fear was my driver. Self-preservation was your compass, my compass. So Emma, what inspired you to share your journey or your story and advice in this chapter? I guess as the customer relations manager of Business and Heels, I come across so many women's stories who, you know, lack of self-confidence is holding them back, um, that voice in their head that says, I can't do it, and that, you know, just anxiety. And I wanted to encourage them by listening to my story that you can actually push through a number of these things. And that even if it's a little bit scary that, you know, each time we step outside that comfort zone and we tell that voice, no, no, you know, I can do this that it gets a little bit easier and a little bit easier. And I, I mean, I don't think we ever get rid of that voice in our head, but I think sometimes it, it's okay to have that and that, you know, but we just can't let it stop us from going forward and, you know, taking up new opportunities. Yeah. You know, one of the things that you said there is around that self-confidence and there's something that I heard someone share and I'd love for you to um, to share a little bit more about around this too. And this is how this quote or the saying went that, you know, so often as women, before we do anything, we're waiting for the confidence to do it. Yet it's not confidence that we should, but just a courage 
little bit of courage to, to step out. What would you say to someone who is waiting for confidence, but rather courage? Because that would have been a hugely courageous step that you took. I find that, yeah, the, where I don't think we ever, because we don't really ever have that self-confidence. I think it can get knocked in our lives. We have lots of different experiences. I know I've had quite, a, you know, a difficult one to come through. And everyone has courage. It's there. And sometimes, you know, we just sometimes, you know, we have to see that, you know, something that we really want, um, take those opportunities and take those opportunities with and it takes so much courage, you know, even just sometimes just to tap on that shoulder of somebody in a networking event and say hello. Mm. That first person is always going to be the scariest. But I think, you know, it's just, it's terrifying, you know, and we're allowed to feel that fear. It's okay to be frightened. It's okay to be unsure. It's okay that, you know, maybe sometimes our self-confidence does, you know, say I can't do it. But take that advantage and say, all right, I'm okay. It's okay to be frightened. It's okay to feel unsure, but let's step out and just have a go. Because what's the worst thing? The worst thing that could happen is somebody, you know, maybe you don't connect. That's okay. You know, tap on the shoulder of that next person. Yeah, you know, obviously, as you your role as for customer relationship manager with full business and heels, as you've mentioned, you meet a lot of people from different backgrounds and different time periods that they've been involved in their business. Would you say through your interaction with a lot of those women that it doesn't matter how many years they've been involved in a certain business or an area of expertise, there's always something about some aspect of their life or where they're at that they lack a bit of self-confidence in that particular area. Have you found that to be true in your dealings with women? Very much so. From the person who's only just starting out, who doesn't think that they have anything to offer, to the person who's been in business 20 years, has staff and feels like an imposter within their own business saying, you know, I'm not that good. But you don't make it 20 years without being that good. And that courageous start to start your own business, you know, you, that little bit of that courage that you have there is incredible and share it. I definitely see, you know, no matter where you are in that journey, there is so, you know, that, that confidence can get, and, you know, we have experiences, you know, something might happen in your business and you go, oh, you know, I've seen, especially through COVID, I saw a lot of people wanting to throw their businesses in. Mm. And, you know, it took a lot of courage for them to turn around and say, or I'll give it another go. And I guess that's part of why, you know, when I spoke to so many women, I just tried to direct them to as many things that they could, you know, use as supports through business and heels, you know, maybe even just speaking to somebody else, you know, don't be frightened to open up and say, Hey, I'm having a, you know, a really difficult time, mm. um, you know, jumping in and just chatting to you know, with someone else, you know, in business, um, we have a lot of um, amazing mentors that give their time with us and, I've placed so many people into those spaces because, you know, they said, no, I'm done. I'm not, you know, I give up. I'm walking away. And, you know, that one hour of somebody else, you know, just changing their that aspect and they had to have the, the you know, the courage to actually step into that space and open themselves up 
with you know, the things that were going on too, which is also a really scary thing to do. So yeah, it can be, it can be, can't it? Um, a hugely courageous step, as um, of course you know, all of the authors have shared something. They they really have been very courageous in sharing. However, through sharing the story, as we, uh, you in your chapter, uh, Emma, you we never know, do we, who we're going to impact because our story could be something that someone else needed to hear, needed to read because of something that they're going through and it can certainly give them the hope and and courage. It's borrowed hope and courage but encouraging and empowering to say, hey, take that step. When we look at, you know, a lot of, as you said, Emma, so many businesses and and individuals went through things and experiences over the last two to three years that they never would have ever thought that they would need to, to go through. Yet I think often as women too, and and this is what I really see through the chapter and even the quote that we mentioned, it was your self-preservation. There was something in you that gave you strength to take that step. As women, and you've had many conversations with women from the the B, you know, B, business and heels. I was going to say BIH uh, community. Do you think that many of us don't recognise that strength and that drive till someone says, "Hey, you can do that"? Oh, 110 percent. Most people have, you know, that that we have a very women have a tendency to push to the negative. If someone says some some sort of criticism, they tend to. Look at it as a negative light instead of a construct, you know, a way to be, you know, to improve. And I think those little knocks along the way, whether it be whether they've come through a corporate career and had, you know, quite a lot of, you know, negative things, you know, and self-talk that comes through. And I think that the issue is that, you know, we take it on board and we hold it in our hearts too much. And sometimes it's, you know, really hard to let go. Other women have come through things like domestic violence, like myself, who, you know, you've had the person closest to you pretty much tear you apart. So emotionally you are, you know, by the time you've come out of there, you know, your own, between your self-confidence and your own opinion of yourself isn't very high. And it's very, very hard to build that back up again. And you've, you know, to have amazing, you know, it's important to place yourself in, you know, to some great supports, you know, if you need to grab some counselling and then, you know, keep, you know, I want each of those women to realise that, you know, there is a lot of light on the other side, that life does get better and that, you know, the sun will shine again. It's just that um, those those stages, you know, and that self-work that you need to do and, you know, you will have that anxiety. It's not easy to get rid of. But if you just keep listening, you know, and keep talking to people and keep opening yourself up, you know, you've got to be more, you know, you've got to open up and step into some of those slightly, you know, situations bit by bit that scare you. And you'll find so many other people who you know connect with, and I hope that my story actually is able, f- you know, for them to see that, you know, you can step back into the workforce, you can get out there and you know network in situations that, you know, I'm not the most confident networker out there, but to step into a room full of amazing women and, you know, that first person to speak to is the scariest, and once you've done that, it's you know you will you can do anything, you know. And even for me to write this story, to put, you know, my experience onto paper, I almost said no because I was like, yeah. oh, that little voice in my head said, oh, you know, you know, I don't, not sure. Yeah. But I always tell if I'm always giving this piece of, you know, importance of my story is taking my own advice. Yeah. You know, okay. you've got to keep stepping out there. You've got to, you know, do those little things, that voice on your shoulder is sitting there saying, you can't do this. No one will, you know, what, what have you got to share? 
every single person has a story. Every single person has something to give. Mm-hmm. And, you know, please, you know, don't hold yourself. You know, you'll have that voice, but the, the other one gets louder. Every time you do one of those little things that scare you, that voice is going to get louder and louder and louder until eventually, you know, you're listening more to that, you know, that positive voice than the one that says you, you can't or, you know, too scary. Yeah, so, so true. You know, and I'll bring all of the women back up here. You've all shared so wonderful. I know we got kissed and kissed. I'm going to share, ask you to share how people can get a copy of the book in a moment. But thank you all for sharing your stories because I know, and this is kind of um, uh, bounces off what Emma was saying, you know, she was hesitant to share her story. Should I really do that? There's so many different things that go through our mind. And, and I think a lot of women who may be listening or watching or even getting a copy of the book, when they read, each and one of your stories realize that if they're going through something like that they're not alone others have gone through it as well and I think so often when we feel or we assume that we're the only ones who are going through something who are struggling with something and realize oh there's someone else who has gone through that oh and look she's been able to take these steps to be able to get through that if it's possible for her it's possible for me too so I just want to thank you uh, for being vulnerable for being courageous Courageous for sharing each uh, and every one of your stories. So, Kirsten, how can we've talked about this this wonderful book? How can people get a copy of it? What's the best way for them to do that? The best way is on our website, which is um, businessandheels.com, and that's probably the best place to go um, get yourself a copy of the book. Um, it will also give you um, ways to connect with all of these fabulous authors. Um, and, you know, we're just so pleased that we're able to bring um, such a, an amazing and valuable collection of um, stories from these women. Um, you know, nearly all of them at some point, it tinges on some form of fear. And I'm, I'm a really big believer that fear is a bit like a monster under the bed. But if we turn on the light and we bring that fear into the light, it dissipates. Um, very similar to what Emma was talking about. And I think for a lot of women, it's about, you know, the more that we hear these sorts of stories, the more that we show our vulnerability, be authentic, um, that just builds more confidence, more opportunities um, for women across the board. Um, and so, you know, as a as a group of women, we're really pleased to be able to bring, you know, a compilation story like this, um, you know, to to our audience and to others who perhaps have never seen um, or heard stories like this. Um, And so, you know, we'll hope we continue to bring more and we'd love to hear more of other people's stories. Fantastic. Well, thanks once again, ladies, for coming on the show and sharing a little bit about your chapter. Bye-bye. 